This interview in the entire Real Men Connect podcast is brought to you by Ministry Men of Influence, the first ever men's only Christian mastermind group for aspiring speakers, writers, podcasters, coaches, and course creators. So if you're looking to turn your God-given passion into a full-time profession, but you need help and don't know where to start, just go to mensministry.org for details. That's ministrymen.org. Hey, Mighty Warrior, you know the great John Wesley once said that if you give him 300 men who fear nothing but God, hate nothing but sin, and are determined to know nothing but Jesus Christ crucified, he said he would set the world on fire. Do you know that one quote changed my life? Because after hearing it, God immediately gave me a vision to build a team of 300 men who would change the world for Christ. But I didn't realize it at the time that a man is the hardest thing to reach. And if you don't believe me, just ask any pastor or men's ministry leader or even a wife. (laughs) Now, due to the success of our Real Men Connect podcast, we've managed to reach and teach men all over the world in 43 countries and still counting. But John Wesley knew when he spoke those famous words, just like Jesus did, that there's a huge difference between attracting a passive crowd of men and recruiting a committed team of men. So we decided to launch the Real Men 300. The Real Men 300 is an opportunity for you to join an exclusive team of men who've agreed to financially partner with Real Men Connect to be personally mentored, supported, and coached so they can be professionally trained and equipped to mentor, support, and disciple the next generation of men for Christ. So we want to personally help you grow in Christ while you're supporting us in ministry. We're a nonprofit organization and we rely heavily on your financial support. So we're asking you to consider partnering with us by giving at least $30 a month, that's only a dollar a day, to help us help you be the man God called and created you to be. To give or to find out more, just go to realmen300.com. That's realmen300.com and join the 300 today. Welcome to Real Men Connect. Are you ready to be the extraordinary man, husband, father, and leader God called and created you to be? Then get ready to receive wisdom and guidance from some of the country's most respected men of faith as you learn everything you need to know to go from good man to great man God's way. No judgment, no shame. Just real men with real challenges seeking real change. All for God's glory. Hello, mighty men of God, and welcome to the Real Men Connect podcast, where we help good men become great men God's way. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Martin, and every week we interview some of the nation's most respected and accomplished men of faith to find out what it really takes to become the kind of husband, father, and spiritual leader God called and created us to be. Each interview session is packed with practical, proven biblical principles you can immediately apply in your relationships on your job, and in your community. And today we have with us my personal friend. He's also a speaker and author, and his name is Curtis Zimmerman, and I am so hyped. Curtis has impacted literally over 1 million people with his life-changing messages and his award-winning programs. And he is an expert at transforming organizations by inspiring individuals to live their God-given purpose at performance level. And Curtis started his entrepreneurial career at the age of 12, That's right. You heard me. I said 12 years old. And he did that by marketing and managing himself as a mind and a juggler. And I'm sure Kurt is going to talk a little bit more about that. And he became a nationally recognized mind performing at Universal Studios in Hollywood, where he won Entertainer of the Year. He's also worked at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas and at art centers across the nation. And then he took uh, took to the seas and performing on numerous cruise ships. And when Curtis settled back on land, his energy shifted to students and teachers, and he became a highly sought-after consultant and inspirational speaker for the arts and education. 
also for colleges and universities, organizations, and even Fortune 100 companies. And Curtis is the author of the number one nationally best-selling book called Life at Performance Level, which is why I brought him on today to talk about it, as well as a book called I Believe, What Do You Believe? and Keys to Success in College and in Life. And he was honored with the National Leadership Award for Outstanding Service from United States Congressman Tom Reynolds, um, who is a member, and he's also a member of the National Speakers Association, NSA, and has achieved the prestigious Certified Speaking Professional designation. And Curtis has spoken for 20,000 airmen at the United States Army Air Force and other notable companies such as Walt Disney Entertainment and Procter & Gamble. And Curtis currently resides in greatest um, Cincinnati area with his wife, Elle, and three children. Now, I remember the first time I heard Curtis speak live. It was in Tallahassee, Florida. Curtis, you remember that? Absolutely. Yeah, it was at Florida State University. And after I saw Curtis and heard his message, watched him perform, and engaged interact with the audience. Now, and Curtis, I never told you this. I literally wanted to retire from speaking. <laughs> and, I, and guys, you got to understand, I was in my late 20s at the time. Because I said to myself, Curtis, I've never seen a speaker command an audience like that. And I thought I could never do that. I thought I was doing it until I saw you speaking for that group. And Curtis, because Curtis is one of the few colleagues I've had on this show, invited to be on this show um, since my former life that you guys know about already. Because I've always respected Curtis as a husband, as a father, and as a man. Now, I got to tell you this, and Curtis, you're hearing this for the first time, that my only regret is that I should have paid more attention to you as a man and a friend than I did as a speaker, because you are truly one of my heroes. So guys, I want you a real men connection, warrior nation. I want you to help me in welcoming my longtime friend, role model and brother from another mother, Curtis Zimmerman. Welcome to the show, Curtis. Well, my honor to be here and high praise coming from you. And I'm so glad for all of the thousands and tens of thousands of men that you didn't stop, but instead <laughs> you powered through. And I've seen the impact you've had, not just on my life, but on many of thousands of others. So thank you so much for inviting me. And I'm very excited to be here today. And thank you um, for agreeing to be on the show, Curtis, because I know you're a very busy man. And even though they're going to hear your story and hear more about you today, um, I got to tell them if they ever get a chance to come hear you speak, see you live, they, I mean, it's a must that they do because they all know that what I'm talking about is not hyperbole, that it's really due praise, that you're one of the best um, stage performers and speakers I've ever seen and I mean, their mouths will drop. Well, they'll be laughing and cracking up after hearing you, but, but after that, but if they're a speaker or aspiring to be a speaker, their mouth will drop because the way you are able to connect with your audience, I've never seen anything like it in my life. And I've seen some great speakers. So, but I want to get them to get them to know you, the man, not just a performer. But Curtis, whenever we invite guests on our show, we always ask them to um, share with us their favorite Bible verse that gives them inspiration from the word of God. And Curtis, I'm so curious to know what yours is, man. You know, it, it's so great that you asked this question, and I have to be honest with you, I did listen to several of your podcasts leading up to today and wanted to really get a real strong feeling for what the messaging was and make sure that it was a good fit, not only for me, but for you, and I was able to deliver some of the things that you're looking for. And I have to be honest with you that we both have a mentor in common, and that's Dr. Will Kime, and also the Reverend Will Kime. We got to get Will on the show, man. I, I, that's long and, overdue, man. I got to get and, him on the show. And, and Will's passed away. Oh, has um, he? Yeah, he had uh, skin oh. cancer. So we lost him to skin cancer about a year and a half ago, oh, two years my ago. Goodness. Um, but 
I'm I'm sharing with you the concept of when when I listened and I heard you say, you know, tell me what's your favorite Bible verse, and I would say that uh, in my practice I'm Catholic, and Catholics don't read the Bible, which is hysterical <laughs> to me. When you go into a Catholic service, there are no Bibles in the whole church. You sit and the priest gives you this kind of thing that you go back and forth each day. And so I was telling my daughter, uh, Mirabelle, who um, is goes to a Christian school, and I was telling her that how funny it was that you're going to ask me this question, and I'm not really sure what to say. So I asked her, what's your favorite Bible verse? Because she's read the Bible several times uh, through schooling. I love it. And, uh, and she said, well, Dad, I have to be honest with you, what sings to me and what really makes me feel amazing in the way I try to live my life is this story called The Good Samaritan. And so I went and I printed it out, and I know the story of The Good Samaritan. I've heard it many times. But I'm going to say to you today, as we blast off into this podcast, that would be the the driving force of why I want to be here and why I'm so excited. And that is the concept of whoever's listening, I want this to be on one-on-one to you. As you're sitting there now and you're taking your valuable time, I want you to know that from my point of view, I don't really care what religious background you've had. I really don't care if you've gone to church every Sunday your whole life or you haven't been in the last nine years. <laughs> what I care about, like in the Good Samaritan, is the way you live your life, the way you go out of your way, even if it isn't politically correct, even if it isn't what your friends think you should do. Um, Dr. Will Kime, I brought him up earlier, he, he used to say this from, from the stage, he would say, if you step over a homeless person to tell somebody else they're in the wrong church, you miss the point of the gospel. And that's what I get from the Good Samaritan. We had these people see the person on the side of the road who had been abused and robbed and stripped naked. And the good people of different churches walk past and put their nose up. The Good Samaritan took that person took their own money, set them up, and made sure that their needs were met. And to me, when we talk about being a real man today, that is what a real man does. And he doesn't do it on um, this construct of a church necessarily. He does it out of knowing good and wrong and evil and decides to lean into the good. So that's my answer to your question. And Curtis, you know, give it to you, of course, to be the most unique guest we've ever had on the show. <laughs> when I asked them the question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. But no, but is that but too it, long of an answer? No, no, that that is great, but that's also why I was telling them that they have to come out and see you in person because you are a unique individual. I mean, we we all have our gifts and our talents, but and, but I'm telling them that and Curtis, they gotta know you to know what I'm talking about. There are truly people who are truly unique. Like that's a one of a kind. And the way you um you you get on stage, the way that you connect with your audience, um the life lessons that you teach through your um your presentations is totally unique. I haven't seen anybody like you, Curtis. Um, on the circuit at all. And you talk about now we've known each other, I guess it's been over 30 years, hasn't it? Yeah, been it's been a it. long time, my brother. <laughs> and I haven't seen another speaker. I've seen a lot of speakers like me. 
you know, out there, but I haven't seen anybody like you. So even how you're answering that question shows him that this guy is not a cookie cutter. He's come from a different mold. But Curtis, I, I know, you know, we're talking about you as quote, uh, a stage performer. And I know that everybody has a story, but your story, your backstory is truly incredible. Could you please share with the men, our listening audience, your journey I'm talking about pre-bestselling author, international performer, award-winning speaker, leadership consultant, and all-around incredible guy. Tell us your story, your backstory, because it is truly incredible. Uh, thank you, Joe. And, and again, I can't reiterate enough that this podcast, the reason I'm on it, the reason you're on it, because it's not about you, it's not about me, it's about the listener. And I, I have to start with that because Joe so eloquently shared my resume, and he does that at the top of the show. And I want everyone that's listening to know, Joe knows, and I know, you're not listening because of people's amazing resumes. And what real men do is share something that I call their reels amaze. Oh, I love it. And that. Joe, <laughs> Joe leans in to people's reels amaze, and he always wants to get to who is the person, not the resume. So I have to start with thank you so much for sharing the resume. <laughs> but what I want everyone to take away today is the reels amaze, and everyone has a reels amaze, and oftentimes it reads very differently from their resume. So the resume mime juggler, Universal Studios Entertainer of the Year, best-selling author, resume. Reels of May, born and raised in L.A. on welfare and food stamps, my mother being married six times. Um, I'm the youngest of five children, and every one of my brothers and sisters has a different last name. Um, my mother tried to commit suicide many times when I was a kid growing up. We moved 27 times uh, as I was growing up. Um, I have dyslexia, so most of my life I got horrible grades. I was in special ed my entire life and uh, I have celiac disease. So I was hospitalized 37 times before I was nine years old. So that's all stuff that generally doesn't land on someone's resume. But I want to give you paint that picture because I don't want anyone to listen and walk away and go, yeah, that's great for him. But, you know, he, he doesn't know what real life looks like. No, I live in the real world just like you. I have a million excuses not to be the man that I put on the planet to be. And they never got me anywhere. I had to decide one day to say, that's my old scripts. That's my old life. What am I going to do today to take control of my life and to decide what the next chapter is going to be? And that's what I want everyone to think about today. Because you can decide today what character you're going to play in your life, but more importantly, what character you're going to have in your life starting today, regardless of what you did in the fifth grade, regardless what you did to your third wife, <laughs> whatever that real life part is, starting today, you can move forward and, and build the life you really want. That's what I'm all about. You know, I, now they can see what I'm talking about, because even in your story, um, Curtis, there's so many things where we could even do separate shows on just specific things that happened to you and how you dealt with those different things. I mean, I mean, the hospital visits, um, your mom's uh, all those divorces and marriages. She's part of being part of a, um, a family that they're not all your you know, they're from different fathers and everything. There's so many different things, you know, so I think which is a good segue because your signature talk and your presentation that you give. 
um, and the title of your book is Life at Performance Level. But I know what you just said was a synopsis of that. But I want to know what inspired what when, when did it I guess when was the turn that said, you know what, I can't I can either make excuses or I can set responsibility for changing the, the future of how I'm going to live the rest of my life. When did I guess I'm asking when did life at performance level begin for you when you got the aha moment and you started to make the turn? Love it. Yes. So there definitely was a moment. And I was a performer, a mime and a juggler and a fire eater and a magician. And that's what I did. That's all I knew. And part of that for me, I want everyone to hear this loud and clear. It wasn't because I was so talented and I was so amazing at those things is that I was really, really, really bad at everything else. So school, I got no credit um, in my family life was was upside down. And the only thing that I was even slightly good at was the performing aspect. So I, I grabbed onto that and I just practice and practice and practice and practice. I talk a lot about passion supersedes natural ability. Get passionate about what you want to see your future to be. Get passionate about your life. Get passionate about your relationships. Lean into those. Bring your gifts. Everyone has gifts, but they won't get the life you want. You got to bring the passion. So I have to just throw that out, whoever's listening. What do you need to get passionate about in your life to make it really happen? So when that moment happens, like I got clarity. As a performer, I was getting ready to do a very large show in a huge theater. And I thought, wow, if I could somehow take all the principles that I've been living the last 25 years as a performer to make my show on stage performance level, if I could take those same principles and somehow incorporate those into my life, I could try to live my life at performance level. Now, the first thing I have to do is I have to write a script. What do I want the show to be about? Well, everyone that's listening, that's what you're doing. You're writing a script called Your Life. And just like me, you can write anything you want in the next chapter, comedy, drama, love story, action adventure, or you can write complete nonsense. But every word you say is a line that you're writing in the script of your life. And every action that you take is a scene that you're creating in this play called your life. I want you to think about what intentionally do you want the next chapter to look at. Now, the next thing as a performer I have to do is say, well, who's going to be the star of the show? Everyone that's listening, you need to know you are the star of your life. You are the only person that's going to wake up with you every morning and go to sleep with you every night. You better like the company. Because you're the star of your – now, I've been married, luckily, now for 27 years. doesn't mean I don't have cast members that have longstanding places on the show, on the stage. But when I'm doing a performance or I'm traveling, my wife isn't with me. I'm the only one that's going to spend every single moment with me, so I'm the star. The next thing is you got to cast your show wisely. Everyone who's listening, everyone I speak to, I want you to know the six or eight people you surround yourself with, there are poisonous people in the world. You got to give the poisonous people fewer lines and give the healthy whole people more lines in your life. Then we talk about dropping the ball. We talk, I teach the whole audience to juggle. And that's because the only way you can learn to juggle and we can get a new skill, only way you can get to know Christ in a deeper way is you might drop the ball. You might make mistakes. You might have to get uncomfortable. Failing is an event, not a person. Don't take that on because you've made mistakes. It's how you react to those mistakes. So that's kind of the pathway 
from getting to be a performer to now being a full-time speaker and being lucky enough to share my message to help people help themselves. That was kind of the, the through line for me. Oh, Curtis, that is, I love the way you um, summarize that for us. And, and I'm hoping even as they're listening to this, that they will go back and listen to it again by writing their script, um, picking who they're going to star in their show, which you, like you said, you are the star in the show. Um, the show is about you and how and the people you're going to involve in that. And you get to cast your show wisely. And when we're talking about even with Real Men Connect, that's what we're talking about, that you're only as strong as the people you have and you surround yourself with in your life. But, Curtis, I got to tell you, um, you know, you know my story, my backstory and what I've overcome. And there's a lot of people who've overcome a lot. I, I got to tell you, I don't like comparing people's story because God has you on a specific journey yourself. But. I look back at your life and there's so many things that I, I could see that could have stopped you. Um, and I guess being a, uh, growing up in a, a very dysfunctional home in an environment, and I was a mess, Curtis, growing up. Because even though I looked normal on the outside to my friends and to my teachers, man, I was suicidal from 12 to 16. You know, because dealing with the pressure of all this dysfunction and not understanding how um, my life could be so get, so bad if God was so good. So I want to go back to little Curtis uh, before we even get back to um, living and writing our script and everything else. How'd you deal with um, with the hospital visits, with the mom being disconnected and these different men coming in and out of your life um, and, and your mom's issues and moving, what you said, 27 times? Moving and relocating 27 times, which means you had to have a struggle with making friends and trying to fit in and, and you know that kind of thing. And because you're dyslexic, you're probably standing out for the wrong reasons. So I want to know, how did you deal with all that trauma in your life and that drama? <laughs> well, I, I'm going to tell you that first off, um, I didn't do it by myself. And, and that's why I love the the podcast that you're doing is we need people to know you don't have to take the journey back from whatever it is you've struggled with by yourself. There are people in the world like yourself that um, spend their days thinking of ways to help other people. And part of the problem is, is that we get prideful as men and, and we get to where we don't feel like we need anyone's help or we don't think anyone can understand us in a deep enough way to truly help us. And what I think um, was the key to me being able to live the dream is what I call it. Being thankful and grateful for everything I currently have means when somebody asks me, how you doing? I always say I'm living the dream because I am living the dream. I'm living my dream. And when you say good, okay, what you're telling me is you've not traveled much of the world. I guarantee every person listening to this podcast, every single man listening to this podcast, woman, whoever it is, you're living the dream too. And, and the only way to embrace that is to see what you have to be grateful for, to see what challenges you've gone through to be where you are right now. And I know there are millions and millions of people alive right now on this planet that wish they were you, that wish they could trade their life to live your life for one week. So that's the reflection of that. So when you ask, how was I able as little Curtis to deal with that and, and not go into depression and not have those things? First off, 
I have to tell the true story that I normally don't share, but on this in this podcast in this venue, I feel like I can. So I was with my mother and my brother, and I think I mentioned I'm the youngest of five children, but every one of us has a different last name. Um, and and we were traveling, and we were with another recovering alcoholic that was a husband or a um, a love interest at that point. And there used to be AA meetings, and AA meetings you would go with your whole family. And so basically, back then it was a tiny little church, just what you would think in your head. It was kind of in the woods, a white tiny little church. And you go in and everyone's talking about how they're dealing with being an alcoholic and, and they're all drinking coffee like crazy and they were smoking cigarettes like they're going out of style. And I remember I was a little kid, 12, 13 years old, maybe younger, maybe 10 or something. And, and I walked outside and I sat down on the steps and there was a little card there. And I was looking at the card and one of the gentlemen came out and sat down and he was looking at the card with me and, and I kept staring at it. And I finally said, can you explain this to me? And he said, well, what this is, is there was a funeral here. And if you look on the other side of the card, there was a picture, but on the other side of the card, there were some words, and I don't think I could read at that point. And he said, basically, it's talking about the person whose funeral it was. And this is a, a picture. But the picture, what was interesting for me, is a picture of a, a man standing on one side, and then there was a door, and then there was Jesus Christ on the other side of the door. And there was only a handle on one side of the door. And I couldn't get it. I, I couldn't put it together. And he said, well, this is explaining that there's you and there's Jesus Christ on the other side of the door and the handles on your side. He can't force his way in. You have to open the door and you have to invite him into your heart if you want him to come into your life. And he got up and walked away. And I sat there by myself and I stared at that card that night. And I said, please. Come into my heart, please. You know, I open the door. And from that day on, I just had a relief that I wasn't by myself. And there was somebody else out there that was in my heart and that believed that this journey is for a reason. And, and when somebody comes to me and offers a helping hand to help my dreams come true, don't feel shame as long as you go and do the work. Somebody says, this is a journey and I'm going to help you make it better. Don't take it for granted. Go and then do the work. And then another hand and another hand and another hand. And that happened my whole life. And, and that's what I encourage people that are listening. You know, if you've never said that, say it and then go do the work. Go live to the best of your ability to actualize that. And be grateful every day you get another chance not to suck as bad as you did yesterday. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm all about. Curtis, I, I tell you, man, um, because I know there are men out there who are listening who are, um, they've had a lot of trauma and hurt and pain and suffering in their past. And we, a lot of men, we try to suppress it um, because we don't want to expose it. We don't want to talk about it. But in as bad, when we look back and we see how, quote, how bad we had it, it's amazing that you can look back and still see traces of grace. Because here you are, Curtis, as a boy, and you've been going to all these different places, and then you get exposed to an AA meeting, <laughs> you know, and you're getting exposed to that environment. And even as dysfunctional as your family was, God still saw you and had his hand upon you. 
and it still was asking you to tell you to hold on. Because I felt the same way because I'm like, God, why, why, why are you forsaking me? And not realizing that he was there the whole time asking me, will I open that door and let him in? Because I can look back now and I saw now it's, it's funny, Curtis, I could see angels in my life. Angels in my life as I look backwards and um now I'm about to lose it because because um means it's Curtis, real yeah because we we've we've um, known each other a long time and you saw me on what I call my come up you know when you saw what started from nowhere and it grew and grew and Curtis I mentioned it in the introduction and now I see out of like you said that pride uh, a friend told me that pride P R I D stands for please remember I destroy everything right and Curtis I was so mesmerized by your quote performance and how well you were on stage and say, God, I want to be like that on stage and demand that kind did I miss that you were an angel sent to me um to see that but Joe, you're looking at him on stage, you're looking at his resume, but you're not looking at what you said, Curtis, your real resume. Because at the same time, I saw you married, having a new kid, you know, now you got three of them. And I I missed it. I, I, I missed the opportunity to say, wow, because at that time, Curtis, I didn't have anybody speaking into my life to show me how to do manhood, how to be a husband, how to be a father. But I easily could have said, God, what can I learn from him? And all I was doing is looking at the stage, but I wasn't looking at what was behind the stage. And I can look back now in, in hindsight of 2020, but I see now that God didn't forsake me when I ruined a 16 year marriage. He didn't forsake me when I was growing up in the hood in Miami. There were traces of grace. I just missed him. Like you said, I never opened that door and said, come in. And so, but that, that transitioned me into this question I wanted um, to ask you that I mentioned in the introduction that I've known you for years, but I've seen you not only thrive as a businessman and entrepreneur, but more importantly, as a husband and father, um, what has been your recipe? And I, I should have been asking you this, Curtis, years ago. What has been your recipe for maintaining balance? Because you teach me about how to do juggling. What has been your uh, recipe for maintaining balance and avoiding burnout in this profession so it didn't cost you what it cost me? Because it almost cost me everything. How were you able to maintain the balance? Well, I, I would just say, first off, whoever's listening, you don't have to know everything. And, and don't think you do. And go to people that have already blazed that trail and they've been on the road for 17 years. They've been a speaker and they're still married. How did they do that? Yes. And that's exactly what I did. And that way we go back to, you know, we have lots of different friends that have helped us that have shined light in different areas of our life. And one is, you know, Dave Coleman, the dating doctor, who's an amazing performer and a great guy and helped both of us in our career. And then I go back to Dr. Will Kime, who spoke to more college students on more campuses than any other speaker on the planet. And he is the one that helped me with this question. And, and what he said was, take the mask off of what travel looks like. Take your wife with you on the road. Let her see what it's like to be in seven cities in, in five days and miss a flight. And same thing with your kids. 
go ahead and even though they're only five, six, seven, eight years old, bring them with you on the road so that when daddy's going away to go speak at wherever it is, they have a picture in their mind what it means to get in a car, go to the airport, get on a plane, land, go to a college, speak there, do the job, come back. They they have a, a framework. It isn't just a black hole. And that's been so helpful to me and to be communicative with what my expectations are while I'm gone and what my expectations are for me when I'm on the road. And I say this to anyone that takes time away from their family. And I say this at the opening of my program. Today, I have one hour. I have an hour and a half with you. I want you off your phone. I want you to be in this room and not be in cyberspace because I have real information you can really use. And I'm not saying that to you to be rude. I'm saying it because I love you. I love what you do, but I love my three kids at home more. And my wife is going to be a single parent for two more days so I can be in the room with you for the next hour and a half. Do me a favor and be in the room. I share that with the people right now because I want you to know multitasking is a myth. And if you're trying to have a real conversation with your son, with your daughter, with your wife, with your husband, and they're on their phone or they're distracted, stop. Wait till they're done and then say, now I need to talk to you as a human being. And we're losing that. And it's so important. If you want a deep relationship, you have to be focused on that person. I love this. I just heard it the other day. How did you get that woman to, to marry you? Well, you focused on her. Yeah. You made her the main thing. Yeah. It's all you talked about. You obsessed yeah, right. about her so much that she finally just said, all right, let's just stay together forever. Well, I've been married 27 years, and it's come and gone with that focus to make sure that person knows that my world is all about making your world better. And that's one of the things that we need to lean into as men is get away from us and our needs and realize what great leaders do is they look at what other people need to succeed. And that's something I feel like we got to lean into a little bit. I'm not sure if that answered your question exactly, but that's... It does (sighs) because I'm sitting here just twitching because... Curtis, when when you said that about, I asked you, how do you balance? And you said you take your family with you. Curtis, um, I didn't do that. I, I didn't do that. I didn't make them part of my world. They knew what I did, but they didn't understand how I did it um, and what the pressure and strain was of doing it. But don't you know when um, God showed me his grace and mercy by introducing me to my current wife, um, before I even got married, after the divorce, I started taking Kendall on the road with me. So he could see it. Um, and then I, when um, I met Tanya, I started taking her on the road with me to see what I do and taking faith. And they see it. And you, I never thought about it. It made the biggest difference. Because now they knew that, first of all, they thought it was so glamorous <laughs> until they realized <laughs> right. that it wasn't. And then I noticed that Tanya was very um, intentional about making sure I was taken care of on the road. And... Because she knew what it was going to be like because I wasn't going to take care of myself because I just knew just grunt through it and make it through it. And so when you said that, I felt so convicted because I'm thinking 
that was the difference, you know, that I made them part of it as opposed to compartmentalize and say, my family's dad and this is my job. No, I made them part of it. So I love so that, that kind of tells me, oh, so that's what Curtis did. <laughs> that's what he's been doing. That's how he manages all this stuff. But no, I, I think, no, you did answer the question and I think you did it brilliantly. So thank you for sharing that with us, man. I appreciate it. And I would just say this too, and that is, it's still a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, people change, their understandings change, their needs change, just like you, just like me. And we have to keep that communication open to make sure we're still hearing what, what it is they see now and what they need to have a better understanding. And that's something I think, like you said, we can put an autopilot. And I'm, I, I'm just, I can't reiterate enough. I'm just like everybody who's listening. I don't have it figured out. I'm trying to figure it out every day. And, and as soon as someone tells you their way's the way, yeah. you need to run away. <laughs> That's right. Because you got to right. figure out your way, and 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 incorporate that. And, you know, write your own script. And nobody knows what you're willing to give to make your dream come true. Only you. Stop listening to the critics and start just leaning into your power. Now, you talk about living life on performance level and that you write the script, you have your star and show, then you cast your show. But you, I'm glad you brought up that you also have the uh, people who are going to criticize the show, the critics, the movie critics. <laughs> I'll tell you what they don't like about the show. So you got to be careful with that. Now, Curtis, um, Barna did a study that they said um, when they did a study of Christian men, they said eight out of 10 Christian men are dissatisfied with their work, which is kind of painful to hear that but what do you think are the things or the thing that is holding most men back from living a life at performance level what do you think is stopping them well i have to pause that's a very very big question and we can allow other people to write on the marquee of our life we can let the past write on the marquee of our life we can let past failures, past times that we did or didn't come through something. And if you think of your life like a show, what a lot of people do is they continually reread old scripts. I'm the person I am today because of my past. I am the person I am today because of the neighborhood I grew up in. I'm the person I am today because of the way I treated someone. And now that's my, I carry that with me. And what I'm telling people is, you know, you need to realize that every single morning you open your eyes. It's opening day on your life. And it is another gift that you get to go out and write a masterpiece. You cannot write the next chapter if you continue to reread your past. So, so for me, the answer to that question is most men and people, not just men, but they tend to think I have to behave and I have to bring the character and I have to bring the personality and I have to bring all the crap from my past and lug it into the next scene. And I say, today is the day to let that go. Today is the day to say, you know what? There's something bigger than me that forgives me and says, you know what? You made a mistake, but I forgive you. And if you don't move past that, you're not listening to him. You're telling me, I don't care what you think. I'm going to just carry this crap with me. It's time to let that go in a big way. 
so that you can lean into who you're really meant to be and impact the people on the planet because none of us are getting out of this alive. What is your legacy? What kind of person does your son or daughter want to emulate or somebody you work with going to see as taking, boy, I had a great leader in my past and this is what they did. Wouldn't it be great if they were thinking of you? What are you waiting for, man? Today's the day. You're the one. Go do it. You know, Curtis, I like the fact that you're talking about to look at your legacy and we look, we're talking about performance and we're talking about writing the script. And when you think about it, when we look back, there's old movies that we can always go back that we love to see. I think about like The Wizard of Oz, right? <laughs> that they're called classics. And, and think about this, that much as we enjoyed that old movie, there was some good and bad in it and that kind of thing. But in the end, we remember that, wow, Dorothy returned home. <laughs> she returned home. And the thing is, if we thought about our lives the same way, just because you have some bad scenes in your movie doesn't mean the whole movie has to be bad. You can still rewrite that script and have it be a classic that years and decades and centuries from now that they could still be talking about the legacy that you left. So I love that you put it in that kind of context. Now, Curtis, we're, uh, we're going to get to what I call the man of questions, our infamous man of questions. You've been listening to our show, so you know about it. But before we get into that, I got to bring, I, I've, I've been dying to ask you this question because now I could kick myself of not going back sooner to say, I need to learn more from Curtis when I was around you. But you have a book, and I remember when you wrote it, called I Believe, all right? And you challenge, in that book, you challenge us on our beliefs and what we believe about certain things. But I want to know, what are your three principles that you try to live by? I'm talking about what does Curtis Zimmerman believe when it comes to living life at performance level? What are your three, beyond what you've already shared with us already? I want to know that. Life is a gift. That's not just a saying. And if you live life long enough, you're going to have things happen in your life to make you realize there's, I know you think it's infinite, but the minutes and the seconds you get on the planet are finite. And you have to live your life with the deep understanding that every second, every day, every interaction, you have a choice between love and selfishness, love, are, oh, I have a secret agenda. I'm going to give this love with this in return. And, and for me, the, the philosophy is give, 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 and everything else will be taken care of. And, and not just as a woo-woo, isn't he a sweet guy? No. If people take advantage of you, you give them fewer lines or write them out of your show. But the healthy whole people... You give as much as you can. So the three principles for me, number one is love. Love, 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 love. And, and, and never stop. And no matter how many times you're hurt, you have to get up and go back to love. That, that's critical. The next thing I would say is, is be open-minded to change and grow and, and become. You know, the... the it's so important that people listening have to realize if you're breathing, God's not done with you, man. And I love that. How do you make God laugh? Tell, Tell him your, your plans. plans. Yeah. Right. Tell him your it. plans. That's it. That's right. So, so, so just relax a little. 
you know, give it up a little bit. Also, I would say that that is part of that. I hope my kids take away is that my dad loved to laugh. My dad loved to sing. My dad loved to perform. My dad loved to live his life and be at Walmart and say <laughs> hello to people as he walked by. Be in line at the grocery store and have a conversation and look in the person's eyes, not treat them like a robot. Appreciate the person that brought your coffee and mean it. You know, we, we get to where we just expect the world to just give us everything. That is crap. I'm sorry. Appreciate the people in the world that are around you every day. And believe me, your life will change dramatically in the way you see the world. That is just go do it. Stop thinking about it. See what happens if you smile at people and say hello. Give it a try. Yeah, what do you have to lose, right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Curtis, I'm I tell people for the next week, rewrite a script. Say, when anyone says, how you doing? I tell them, I want you to say, I'm living the dream. Try it for a week. You might be amazed the kind of reactions you get. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Rewrite some scripts. Let that stuff go. And, you know, and it is true. What you're saying, I've watched you um, live that out, not only on stage, but off stage as well. And I don't think there's ever been a time where I've asked you how you're doing that you did not say that. Living the dream. You said it this morning when we did this interview, <laughs> you know, but but they you're absolutely right that we need to start being intentional about the scripts that we are writing, because if we look back, we say, OK, how did I get here? What script did you write? You know, so I, I so I love I love the message. And I'm glad that you shared those three principles with because I wanted to know what makes Curtis Zimmerman tick. So I'm glad you shared that. Now, Curtis, it's that time, man. It's time for our infamous man up questions. And there are five quick questions starting with the letters M-A-N-U-P. And all they require is your fearless honesty, which you won't have a problem at all with. So I know that's not going to be an issue. So the question is, Curtis, are you ready, man? I'm ready, brother. Bring it on. All right. And we'll get started right after this short break. If you're like most men in our audience, you're committed to becoming the man, husband, father, and leader God called and created you to be. But the truth of the matter is, you struggle with either finding the time or knowing where to start. That's exactly why I created the Real Men Spiritual Leader Blueprint to give you a step-by-step, easy-to-follow guide to spiritually leading your family, even if you're a new believer. Now, you can't buy the Real Men Spiritual Leader Blueprint, but you can get it for free by signing up for our free e-newsletter. By signing up, you will be notified anytime fresh content is added to my site, so you don't always have to visit my blog to stay up to date on the latest information. Now, to get your free copy of the Real Men Spiritual Leader Blueprint, just visit realmenconnect.com and simply enter your name and email address on the form on the page. So if you're tired of trying to figure it all out and fit it all in as the spiritual leader, provider, and protector of your family, don't miss your chance to discover how to be the man God called and created you to be. Sign up today at realmenconnect.com. Welcome back, Mighty Men of God. I'm with my guest and personal friend, Curtis Zimmerman, who's an author and a speaker, as well as consultant and a performer, and is a world-class performer, and he's going to take on the Man of Questions. And the Man of Questions, like I said, Curtis, starts with letters M-A-N-U-P, and the M stands for mistake. Now, looking back at your life, Curtis, what mistake did you learn the most from as a man? Well, as you know, there are so many mistakes we all make. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I have a plethora of choices 
but I'm going to go to as a young performer and a young man, I thought that when I was performing, I was amazing and it was all about me and I was fabulous. And as I got older, I realized that really I'm just like every other man. And I don't care what special skills you have. I don't care how fast you can run. I don't care what kind of athlete you are. I don't care what kind of voice you have. You're still just a man. And you need to get rid of the ego. And as soon as you get rid of the ego, you realize you work really hard and you get a standing ovation. You take that bow. And as you head for the, for the side of the stage, you never think about it again. And you start thinking about the work you're going to do to earn the next standing ovation. That's good stuff, Curtis. That's good stuff. Now, the A stands for attitude. And you work with a lot of men. You work with corporations. You work with women. But I'm talking about we're going to focus specifically on the men that you've interacted with. And it could have been some of the CEOs and, and people you've seen at some of these Fortune 100 companies. But if there was an, one attitude you could change in men that could change their lives, what would it be? So it's very simple. Very simple. You probably heard it before. Attitude of gratitude. Period. They, if men would just change that, if they used the filter of everything they saw, they were grateful for. They didn't create it. It didn't, you know, they work hard to make it bring, you know, manifest and help bring it into their life. I get it. But now I'm grateful for that. That's that's the that's the lens I want everyone to use. The attitude of gratitude means you have more things to be grateful for if you embrace it. Yeah. And I, that can change all of our lives. You know, God wants us to be God. We, we thank God, um, but God wants us to be thankful. And so have an attitude of gratitude would definitely change our lives. Now, I, I can't wait to ask you this, this the end question, which stands for next. Because, Curtis, I can't think of anything you haven't done yet. All right. As far as professionally, um, you, you've, you've done a lot in, in a lifespan that most people will never get the experience from because you're 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 um, gifting and your talent. But I want to know and it stands for next. What's the next big thing you would attempt to do for God if you knew you couldn't fail? I can't wait to hear this. Well, I would say that I'm so blessed to be able to share my message um, on big stages for thousands of people. And, and that's fabulous. And I love it. And I'm not going to stop. But I would say the answer to your question is do more individual coaching, spend more time in a deeper dive with people, spend a whole day with people, helping them rewrite and look at the next chapter. So really guide them in a deeper way and have a deeper relationship. I've been doing that. And I have to tell you, it's one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done to have uh, that one-on-one -on -one personal relationship with them to kind of help them navigate what's next. Curtis, you know, you're so right on point with that because I can't agree with you more. I, I was surprised that was your answer, but I can't agree with you more on that because in a sense, that's what man, God calling me to work with men full time. That's what I've kind of transitioned to. I, yeah, I still speak on the stages and everything, but I'm doing more, less of that and more now working one on one with men, um, you know, doing coaching, mentoring, discipleship. And you're right. This is just a different thing to it. I guess when you're spending that kind of quality time and building relationships with people and you can help them make the turn and help and give them a different perspective, you can see that it makes a, a huge impact. Because when we're on the stage, we know that people come up to us afterwards and they say, man, that, you know, Curtis, that was great. That was awesome. But we know that real transformation comes in relationship. 
in relation. Can I ask? I have to interject. Can you can you tell me just your philosophy on that a little bit with your faith? Because a lot of people go and they go to the big church and they sit there and they do the hour and they leave and they're not in relationship. Can you just tell me a little bit about what that means to you when you think of what you just said and, and, and then when we talk about faith? Yeah, you know, and I'm glad that you asked that because um, this is one of my <laughs> my pet peeves when it comes to the church. I, I, I make this say that we'll lead people to the cross, to Jesus, but we don't teach them how to carry their cross. And because life begins after you open that door. Now, you remember you said open the knob and let them ask them to invite them in. OK, you invite them in. And now you realize that, wow, I can have a relationship with him. But Curtis, the problem is we're not teaching people how to build a relationship. You love your wife is a skill that you've had to learn. Like you said, you guys are married 27 years. And you hope it's going to be another tw- gonna be 28 and you have a relationship with your children. That's had to be built over time. So. With me, how I incorporate into it is that, yes, I meet these men who are men of faith. Some, you know, they're early in their faith. They're more mature in their faith. It doesn't matter. But I want to come alongside of them and do life together with them. Just like you said earlier, not having all the answers, but sharing, allowing them to um, see into my life that, hey, here's some things that I'm doing well. Here's some things I'm struggling with. But we can do this together. So they don't come to me because I have all the answers. They come to me because somebody's willing to do life with them. So I'm hoping that answers the question that you're asking. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I, and I just know that you are in relationship. And it's when you see someone walking in relationship, it's different. And that's a beautiful thing. So I appreciate it. Yeah, because that's what the show's about is we call it Real Men Connect because real men connect you know the show i remember when i first came up with the name for the organization i was praying i said god give me a name for it and it was real men connection then tanya said joe you should change it i said change it to what she says real men connect i said what's the difference she said joe connect implies implies action that men have to do something and i said you know what i said you're absolutely right and that's something that we don't do we don't connect with other people so i think as, as if those who are ministry leaders out there pastors listening that i'm not saying anything's wrong with the church what i'm saying is that we need to do some things right in the church and we have to start with building relationships we have to start doing that now curtis i got a little bit off topic but let me get back on topic with the you and the you represents understand and when you were younger, we talked about you being little Curtis, but what do you um, understand, um, the one thing that you understand better now that you didn't understand about being a man that you that you didn't understand back then? That for me, being a whole man is to be open and um, open-minded and free to look at other people's ideas and other people's way of living and not be judgmental on it, but instead be open to, wow, they're making different choices. I wonder why, I wonder what their filter is. So let's less judgmental and more, again, that loving from when I was, you, you know, when you, when you have a very small worldview, it's easy to judge people and say, well, they think that way. This group is this, this group is that. And we see this divide in our country. And I think it's because people aren't able to filter out their own bias and instead just be open to, hey, you know what? They might have a different view and that might be good with them. So as a man now, I think I see things with there is some gray areas that we need to stop being so judgmental. 
You know, Curtis, it's funny you mentioned that. You've heard the saying in um, psychology or in, even in sociology that they say that hurting people hurt other people. And I've added something to that, that they're also easily hurt. Because it's like what you just said, that a lot of times we're coloring um, our view based on our own pain, trauma, hurt, <laughs> neglect, rejection and all that. And we don't see it and not realizing that we're not looking at it through um, unbiased eyes, but through um, being partial based on the pain and suffering that we've endured. And we need to be aware of that. You know, so when talking about building relationships, people say, Joe, how do you build relationships with all these men? Because. I'm not a, a sociable person. Now, I, Curtis, I've been around you. We'll go out to a restaurant and do you're talking to everybody. That's not me. I, I'm more of a person that likes to lay back and, you know, but I don't mind conversating with people. But when I do talk to a person, I really want to know their point of view. I really want to know the lens in which they look at, look at things. I could talk to anybody from anywhere because I am sincerely and passionately interested in their perspective. Now, I may not share the same perspective, but I want to know what is their perspective. So um, so I, I'm with you on that. Now, Curtis, I'll get let you out here. Here's the last question, and it starts with letter P, and P stands for problem. Now, as a mighty man of God, what one problem in your life do you still struggle with as a man, even today, that your wife would agree with? <laughs> wow. Well, I'm sure she has a list as well. Um, and I would just say that you know, we all feel like at some point we should get to a place that we have a deeper understanding, that we should understand why the my wife or my daughter or somebody has breast cancer, why this is happening in my world, what, you know, figure it all out. And, I, and I'm here to say that every day I continue to struggle with this experience I'm going through called my life. I don't have it figured out. And, and, and I want to tell the people that are listening today, let, let it go a little bit. You know, just breathe and say, it's okay, I don't have it all figured out. And it's okay, I failed. And it's okay, I didn't do it perfect yesterday. And it's okay that perfect isn't in my life. And it may never be. But I'm still grateful for what is in my life and the people that are here and the experiences I'm having. And I'm going to take something away from that. So my, my struggle, my problem is that I want to have it figured out. Like most men, I want to just know. And I, I my, my realization is I'm never going to know. It's a journey and, and I'm, I'm still on the journey. And, and I would just say to you, that I'm so glad you're part of that journey with me and, and the blessing you're giving all of your listeners is, is, is just so exciting. And I can't tell you how thankful I am to have a tiny little part of it today. I, I love you, my brother, and I appreciate you. Thank you, Curtis, man. Um, what a blessing, man, to have you on the show. Um, you did a great job, man. I'm, I hate the fact that you're getting to me emotionally, but, but you did a great job today. You did awesome. And thank you for being honest and transparent. This interview goes well beyond just me wanting to bless my audience, but um, something that was long overdue of me having a conversation like this with you. Um, typically, um, I've always asked questions about business and that kind of thing. But to know you as a human being and watch you over the years been this steady rock, man. And now to see that you're a family man with three kids now and being married for 27 years, man, I'm so 
um, thrilled and honored to call you my friend. And thank you for um, taking time to be on our show. I really appreciate it, man. Absolutely. My blessing. And Curtis, just quickly for our guests, um, if they wanted to find out more about what you do or even find out where you're going to be performing next so they can see you live, I'm telling you, you guys got to see Curtis live, man. But what's the best way for them to find out more about you or reach out to you if they want to connect with you? Yeah, I appreciate it. It's super simple. Um, if you want to find out more about me, you just go to CurtisZimmerman.com. That's my website. I would just have to say, if you're into podcasts, I'm very excited that I launched a podcast about six months ago. Woo-hoo! And I'd love, love for people <laughs> to come and give me a listen. It's uh, just Curtis Zimmerman. It's called The Next 24 Hours. And it's about listening, but then acting on something in the next 24 hours of your life. So my stuff's all about, hey, today, I hope you got something from Joe and I. But if you turn this off and go back and don't change anything, you wasted an hour of your life. Take some of the stuff we shared today and go and use it and, and, and implement it. That's the power of, of these podcasts. So so that's that would be my charge. All right. And Curtis, what we'll do, we'll make sure we put that in the show notes. Uh, so we'll put a link to your podcast in our show notes as well, as well as your website, CurtisZimmerman.com. And you're absolutely right. That's why that comes back to what you're saying about the one-on-one coaching. It's hard to do that from the audience to get somebody to take action. You're just hoping that they do it. But when you do one-on-one with them, now you can hold them accountable. How come you didn't do what we just talked about yesterday, Curtis? <laughs> and so you can hold them accountable to it. So I'm glad you shared this. We'll make sure we put that in the show notes. And thank Beautiful. you again so much for being on the show. And guys, um, do us a favor. If you enjoyed this interview that I had with Curtis, I know you did because I did. And this is so important for us. Take about 30 seconds to go over to iTunes and rate the program for us. It's the best way to help us get this program in the hands, ears, and hearts of men just like you. And please don't keep us a secret. Share us with your friends. So until next time, I'm Dr. Joe Martin, your man builder with RealMenConnect.com, reminding you that we are males by birth, but we are men by choice. So each and every day, choose to be the man God called and created you to be because a male is a terrible, terrible thing to waste. So until next time, stay strong, stay blessed, and I'm going to give you Curtis's word. Live a life performance and live the dream. I'll see you guys next week. Take care. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Real Men Connect podcast with Dr. Joe Martin. Real Men Connect isn't just a podcast. It's a mission, ministry, and movement to help good men become the great men God called and created us to be. And the best is yet to come. So if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and leave us a review in iTunes. It really helps us to build the podcast and to reach, teach, and impact more men, all for the glory of God. And make sure you check out realmenconnect.com to get our free tools and resources to help you go from good man to great man God's way. Again, that's realmenconnect.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Real Men Connect is a listener-supported podcast, and we're now the number one radio podcast on iTunes for Christian men. If this podcast has blessed you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to bless and transform the lives of even more husbands, fathers, sons, and leaders, please prayerfully consider supporting this ministry. Just go to realmenconnect.com and click on the donate button. And may God bless your faithful giving.